I've never done an episode like this before. I have never done an episode like this before either. <laughs> let's, let's let's share with them what this this is. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor. With both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise, the Room to Grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us would like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today's episode is different than anything I have ever done or thought I was ever going to do. (laughs) So I'm introducing you to my partner on this episode. Um, His name is Kelly Gardner. For anyone who has been listening to this podcast for a while, you have heard Kelly before on this podcast from months ago. Uh, And when we recorded that episode, nothing had uh, gone on between us romantically. Neither one of us had any idea that that things were going to unfold between us the way that they did. Um, No one has been more surprised than both of us. Uh, And I'm just really excited to, to share him with you and for you to get to know him and to get to to share our story. Um, Kelly is a personal growth coach who uses really powerful communication tools um, to help bring together uh, relationships and families in just the most incredible ways. And um, yeah, I, I'm very uncomfortable publishing this episode <laughs> because I am normally so protective of the people closest to my heart, um, but I couldn't not share him. I could not not share this. And uh, as I'm learning, you know, things, things can change and things can change in a really short period of time sometimes too. So I'm really excited uh, for you to listen. This one is a little bit longer, um, but Kelly will be back on at other points, we will we will end up doing uh, some other episodes. There are lots of, of topics uh, that we want to dive into, and we're very open to suggestions too. So, you know, go check out Kelly on social media as well. All of his information is listed in the show notes. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts, hear what you think. If you have any questions, we are open to all of the things. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait for you to listen to this one. So let's do it. So this is your second time on this podcast, and uh, a lot of things have changed since you were last here. Yes. Well, <laughs> the last time we were not actually here, mm-hmm. here, uh, we were... Virtual here. Yes. yes. I, was, I was here um, in my basement, uh, <laughs> and, and you were in this interesting land called Canada. <laughs> um, sorry, Canadians. I... <laughs> Apologize. It's it's, it's a weird. running joke that we just yeah. <laughs> uh, and and now you are are here a lot more frequently. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So uh, I I am excited to announce that this is my partner, and I never thought that I would do an episode like this. Even once I was in a relationship that I was excited sure of and excited to discuss i many people in my life have heard me say that i was never going to share anyone publicly so this is a turn of events (laughs) never say never (laughs) Uh, 
you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, I certainly didn't know this was going to happen. Mm -mm. And uh, when we were doing the interview, uh, you know, I certainly didn't think that this was where this was leading. I, I did, I can admit that I was like, she's kind of cute. You know? <laughs> and I was like, you know, and you'd reached out and said, hey, I'm going to be in town. And I thought, oh, that we should get together for coffee, mm -hmm. you know, do the, do the standard, you know, uh, professional get together Connection. kind of thing, you know, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. We got a little closer and I was like, I wonder if I could turn that into a date. <laughs> well, let's see what happens. <laughs> so our mutual friend Jade uh, connected us, yeah, and yes, Jade Tita, and he is also here in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And so you happen to be local. You guys had recorded a podcast, and it's funny because he, when you guys did your podcast, um, sometime last year in like the summer, I think. It, it was the only time that Jade has ever sent me an episode of his directly and been like, you need to listen to this. Um, he's, he's one of my nearest and dearest, but we just don't usually do that very often. And he's like, I think that you'll really resonate with, uh, with this guy, Kelly. And uh, he didn't really have anything romantic in mind. He just thought that I would be interested in the topic. Did we resonate? Yeah. And apparently we did. Apparently we did. Yeah. yeah. And I was so impressed with your episode um, and Jade offered to connect us. And the timing just wasn't right because I didn't have I wasn't doing many interviews right then, and I'd already done a bunch of episodes about men, which is what I was gonna be bringing you on about. So I just let it sit for a few months. And uh, then in January, I was looking at kind of my podcasting schedule for the next little while, and I was like, all right, Jade, you know, connect me with Kelly, um, let's let's make this happen. So he, he connected us, and uh, we set up a connection call just to chat, mm -hmm. and then we set up the podcast. And yeah, I was, I was not thinking anything romantic with you whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I get it. I get that frequently, you know, like, oh, let's be great friends. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because then when I was coming into town to co-author the book with Jade, we had talked about that and we didn't talk in between. We recorded the podcast in February mm -hmm. and we didn't talk at all in yep. between. Um, then me, me coming in April and I had just told you, I would let you know. So as I was coming into town, I was like, Hey, these are the dates I'm in town love to connect and uh, we set something up and I started increasingly getting date vibes from you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I will say this, right? I always kind of have this feeling when someone's coming into the picture mm. and I don't know who it is, but I have this kind of feeling of like a timing and it and it's kind of always worked out, you know, it's like, hmm, it really feels like this new season, there's something brewing or something coming. And so then it, when I start having that feeling, I start kind of looking out like, well, where is that coming from, you know? And so I started having that feeling. I was like, something's coming. coming. from Canada. <laughs> there's a cold air blowing down from the north. It's called Canada. And so I was like, well, you know, let me let me take advantage of what's around you. Not take advantage, but you know, let, me, <laughs> no. let, me, let me see what's out there. And, and you know, and so, when you were coming in town, I was like, well, is this, is this an opportunity? Is this something that, you know, I should kind of take a look at? And then, you know, I was like, well, see if I, and I remember I told you my, on the first date, I was like, so, you know, going into every date, I kind of have like a, like, what's the best possible outcome, mm -hmm. right? You know, and my best possible outcome for that date was like, can I get her to agree that it was a date? <laughs> That was it. That was that was the goal. Successful evening. She admitted that it was a date. Uh, I think we I think we got there. Yeah, I think I think we got there yeah. for sure. I think yeah. probably within the first uh, first couple of of minutes of that 
of that uh, evening. Mm-hmm. Of course, going out to dinner is always kind of a nice thing. And I, I have this thing where it's like, if the first, the first thing for me was like, if I can get her to order shared meal, then that's a, that's a good sign. I love these things that you have set up because this is things I would never think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. These are, these are, how do I, how do I judge what, you know, what's coming from the other person? Were they open? Are they available? You know, mm-hmm. do they, they don't want to share a meal like that. That says a lot. And, you know, I remember in that day, the thing that really stood out to me immediately and said so much about you was how you treated the waiter. And I always say this to people is, is I really know who someone is by the, the way they treat the people that, that may not have any power or authority, uh, but how they treat just regular people every day. Um, and you immediately remembered the waiter's name. You commented on how, how, you know, amazing. Now it ended up not being our waiter. That's right. <laughs> what was the waiter's name again? Elijah. Of course. <laughs> You always remember names. Of course you still remember this is, this is one of the reasons I love you so much. Uh, and so, you know, Elijah came into the room. Uh, for, those, for, the, for the Jewish people out there, you'll understand how perfectly beautiful that is. But Elijah <laughs> showed up into the room and, uh, and that became kind of the, the onset of like, wow, this person is really not just open, but really kind. And for me, that was, was such an important piece of what I was looking for in this stage of my life. You know, what is it to be with someone who's kind and giving? And we'll get into that because this has been kind of a theme for us. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like for, for two people who self-identify as givers uh, to be in a relationship uh, yeah. together? Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it, I love that you brought up too, um, that you had sort of been able to sense that maybe someone was coming because there were a few things that I had almost premonitions about starting three years ago. Mm. And we'll get a little bit more into each of our personal histories and, and how we've gotten here. But, um, and by the way, I didn't remember some of these premonitions until I went back and looked through journals, journal entries several months after you and I had already started dating. And I was just hit like, whoa, I had no idea. I'd completely forgotten this entirely. And um, my words for this year, I usually choose one to two words. And this year, three came through. And it was love, receiving, and abundance. And um, Jade actually asked me back in November. He's like, last November, um, so almost a year ago, he said, you know, if you had to... Um, just pick a, a time frame out of out of hat. When do you feel like you're going to meet this like more significant person that you're going to be in a relationship with? And I said, without hesitating, I said six months. Mm. And November to April is mm-hmm. six months. But it's interesting because as I got closer to April, I was still pretty sure that I was feeling into the energy of of someone like this man was getting closer. <laughs> whoever he was, the mystery man. But I, I thought, oh, you know, I think I was off with the timing. I actually said to a couple of friends, I'm like, I think it's maybe not going to be until the fall. I don't know. Something is shifting, but I think I was, I think I was off with the timing. Um, there are a few other things. I first had a dream about, uh, you, not your face, just like the energy of you, Mm. like in summer of 2020. Mm. Um, a really dear friend of mine, uh, Aaliyah Lovely, who has been on this podcast a, a couple of times, she is sort of like a psychic medium, and uh, she came to me in a dream, mm. 
uh, in February of 2022 and told me that I was going, that my life was going to open up in a really significant way and expand in a really beautiful way in 14 months. And <laughs> from the date of that dream, I all remember this from my journal. I did not remember this just in my own memory. Um, it was 14 months and one day later that you and I went out on our first date. Yeah, there were just, there were several examples of this where it was just really interesting looking back. And this is also why I write things down because I may remember names, but I would not have remembered all of this. <laughs> and what's really interesting is that even though we had this premonitions, I don't think either one of us expected that this no, was not going at to all. be this. I know for myself, I, you know, I was in a state at the time where, you know, I'd been, I'd been dating uh, I just kind of started dating uh, again um, after my marriage and, uh, you know, getting out there and dating, I was starting to feel like, you know, this is really not conducive to what I want to be creating right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, my, my word for the year initially was um, going public. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing this work for a very long time, but really operating behind the scenes, supporting other people, uh, running a, a lot of different groups. And, um, you know, for the first time, I, I wanted to actually put my face out there, um, started getting on social media, um, which is why I started doing podcasts again, mm -hmm. uh, which was so beautiful. Um, but you know, I was finding that relationship was really becoming a, a challenge to the things, the greater things that I was wanting to do, um, in life. And I, I'd kind of gotten to a point where I said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm clear on what's most important in my life, um, in terms of moving my career forward, the things that I want to accomplish, the, the, the bigger goals that I have in this world. Um, you know, my kids are getting to a stage where they're in a really good place and I can really start to focus on myself. And, uh, I remember going into this, I was kind of in the state of saying, well, you know, given what I've seen out there, uh, from the dating world, um, I'm not available mm -hmm. in terms of what people are, are waiting for and asking for. I'm really not available for a long-term relationship right now. Um, if, if, if what I've seen is what is required in, in long-term relationship, I'm just not available. And I had this conversation about, you know, I kind of feel like I'm just building friendships. You know, and, and these friendships over time will end up, you know, becoming a, a you know, a long-term relationship. Uh, and I remember thinking, I was like, well, let's just kind of stay focused on this period of time uh, while you're in town. And uh, you had a very interesting approach in understanding <laughs> of, of what that means as far as I recall. Well, you started setting like a, like a container of, of, you know, managing expectations, which I really appreciate about you. And... But I had never really had anyone come at it in this way. And also, again, to be clear, I was not thinking at all that this was going to turn into a long-term thing. I'm like, oh, you know, like we'll go on some dates while I'm here and, and I'm really enjoying his company and, and we'll just, we'll call it for what it is. I live in a different country, you mm -hmm. know, like how, how on earth would we make this work? I wasn't really interested in doing a long distance relationship. Um, I had no idea that anything was going to really come of this and I had zero expectations of it. So I can't remember how you phrased it, but it was, I think it was our second date mm -hmm. and you, you sort of set the stage of creating a container. Do you remember what you said? Yeah. Well, basically the idea behind this is, I mean, just to kind of contextualize it, the idea here is to what happens, I think, a lot of times in relationships, particularly early on, is we start looking at at future casting. Mm -hmm. What is this going to to add up to? And really trying to uh, take a lot of the, the steam and the pressure off of that by 
getting clear agreements. Mm -hmm. um, what are we agreeing to? And more specifically, what's the time frame that we're agreeing to that for so that we can then, uh, again, renegotiate as those time frames come to an end. And, and I think this is really important and critical in relationship is continually coming back to what are we here for? Yeah. That it, we don't just say, okay, I'm here for this. Even in marriage vows, you know, we get complacent over time and we start to go, I start to go, oh yeah, that's, this is going to be forever, mm -hmm. you know, because we made this vow a long time ago that we're going to be here forever. And then we get, I get complacent in terms of looking and, and renegotiating that consistently. Well, what does that mean right now? And so what I came to is just said, okay, here's what I'm available for right now. Um, I am committed to being uh, in a monogamous relationship uh, for the time that you're here. Um, I'm committed to, uh, I think I specifically said, I, I will not have sex with anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, that I am I'm committed to spending as much time as I'm available uh, for in the time that you're here. And that time is, you know, until this time. And at the end of that time, I would like to sit down and have a conversation about what this looks like moving forward. And, and I think what I heard, and I agreed to all of those terms and I was totally fine with it. Although it, it's interesting because it did, I was a little bit taken aback because no one had framed it quite like that. And it just seemed very, it seemed very black and white to me. And I appreciated, you know, the, the commitment and, and transparency that you were making for the time that we had together. But I was also sort of like, whoa, like what, what, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and to go back a step, I, you know, I, I, the funny thing was, I remember saying this, this, um, you know, after our first date, I, you know, I kind of thought, I was like, you know, and this happens and we're in a tourist town here in, in Asheville and, you know, and I, I'd been out, you know, met a couple people online that it was clear that they were just in town for a short period of time mm -hmm. and they just wanted to hook up, you know? Yeah. And, and I've kind of started referring to this as being touristed, right? <laughs> so, you know, you and I lived in, in Bali, so I can really, again, like transient sort of. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I had the impression that you were trying to tourist me. You know, <laughs> and that you and were just I had like, the impression, the opposite. I was like, he's just trying to tourist me. He thinks like, while it's convenient while I'm in town, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the tourist. <laughs> so Reverse I, touristing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, you know, this, and, and I think that there's people can really, you know, experience it's like i'm in this beautiful place i want to have a connection you know but i want this connection to be really specific to this this place and this time mm -hmm. and then i'll move on and i think there's nothing wrong with that but i think being clear and, and communicating that effectively now i think the what i communicated effectively led you to believe that that's what i was saying that i was actually in here for a touristing yeah um, pretty much yeah and, i thought that that was how that was framing it <laughs> yeah now i think the key piece was that you know, we're here for this moment, for this container. And then at the end of this container, we want to look at what worked, what didn't work. How do we want to renegotiate this? Now, the renegotiation was a very interesting piece. That that was interesting. And I also have to say that the just the entire way that it it was framed and how I how I interpreted it and everything else, because I, I had been able to sense someone coming closer for a long time, I was already just really enjoying your company. And I could tell... I had been in a period of feeling like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, feeling like I wasn't growing 
um, in certain areas because I was not dating. I was not engaging really in relationship with anyone. And that's kind of how the last few years have looked for me. I've had very minimal dating experiences, partly because of circumstance, um, just like where I've been living and obviously the pandemic and all of these different factors. And partly because of choice, because I, I was not interested in uh, dating more casually. That's just not, however one defines that, I'm just interested in like depth yeah. and connection. And it's harder to cultivate that when you are remaining very surface level with someone. Absolutely. But you and I had a lot of depth and connection. So I was like, okay, even if this is shorter term, I feel like I can gain a lot from this and grow from this in really beautiful ways that will set me up for whatever is next. Um, but yes, then I, we, you kept surprise. You still do. You kept surprising me in really positive ways, and I was like, "Damn, is this guy for real?" Like, because you and apparently you get this a lot yeah. that the way you were showing up was almost like too good to be true, mm. and I didn't trust it. Again, we'll get into like our past histories and stuff as well. I didn't fully trust it, but also because you came delivered to me via Jade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That always means a lot to me because I, Jade has an enormous amount of, of my trust. And it's not that Jade necessarily, uh, you know, knew you super, super well, but he, he vouched for you. I'm like, okay, Jade doesn't do that unless Jade means it. So I'm like, all right, well, he came delivered to me, you know, from, from this person that I trust. So I was extending that. And I was also trying to give you the space to, I, I was being very intentional about being open. Mm -hmm even when it was perhaps the opposite uh, piece that I was wanting to respond in more, more viscerally. Like even if my instinct was to close, I was intentionally remaining as open as possible and being like, okay, let me, let me see what happens if I remain open to this, especially because we've set a shorter container for this. There isn't a huge amount of pressure on this or anything like that. Um, and you just kept showing up and showing up for me and consistently and in really beautiful ways. And I always talk to clients about this too. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like consistency is demonstrated over the longer term. And I said actually to Jay the other day, I said, this man's consistency is the stuff that legends are made of. <laughs> Thank you. And the safety that that creates. Yeah. 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 But yes, things started to like, what was your view on, on how things sort of started to shift as, as my time here was coming to an end and yeah. we were renegotiating a little yes. bit. Yes. So we, we, you know, we, we sat down and had the conversation, um, you know, at the, at the end of this period, you mm -hmm. know, all right, so what do we want this to look like moving forward? Um, you know, and I remembered specifically saying, well, you know, um, I would really like to continue this. You know, mm -hmm. I likewise felt there was a lot of depth, um, a lot of understanding and, and just, I mean, two things that, that really stood out to me for, uh, for you were one, just the kindness, mm -hmm. you know, just the genuine desire to, to give. And I, I really hadn't, you know, felt that kind of, um, that kind of care. Um, there was some, some, Plenty of little hiccups, even in that, that, that first week and the, the way that they were moved through, um, the way that we were able to communicate. I mean, some of those little hiccups, I mean, touched on some of the deepest wounds yeah. for both of us in certain yeah. ways. Uh, but we were able to move through those so effortlessly. 
Um, but that was really exciting to me. And so, and that was the running joke for a while. We're like, wow, is every massive wound each of us have going to be hit on in like the first two weeks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I remember trying to, you know, my, my masculine mind rationalizing okay, well, what this would look like, you know, mm -hmm. very, very like, okay, let, let's put this, <laughs> put this piece together. Well, you know, you're in Canada. Um, we're not going to see each other that frequently, um, you know, based off of my, my assumptions. Uh, so you, maybe we should try to kind of do this as like an open relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll you see each other uh, from time to time. And, <laughs> and, and, and your response was? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, I think you were specifically like, well, if you think I'm just going to come in town every now and then. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, what do you think like, this is? A booty call? Like, it's yeah. convenient for you that when, I, when I'm when i in town, you're going to get laid? Absolutely not. That is not how I roll. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, that's not what I was trying to say. No, no. But, no, no, I know. And so I bet, and I was like, well, but, you know, like, I don't want to put this thing in a container where it makes it difficult for us to live our lives and therefore become resentful towards the other you know I'm, I'm thinking about this very practical and you were just like no and i was like all right uh well <laughs> clear on negotiations here i see how you roll on this one uh so how about this um you had already had plans to be in town again within in the next month, month. Yeah. yeah and so it's like all right well let's uh let's just try this let's uh let's go from from here until the end of the next time that you're in town mm -hmm. um, and we'll maintain kind of the same uh, agreements that we have currently. And uh, I think we might've made some certain agreements around communicating with each other, which uh, ended up, you know, we ended up being like teenagers and we still are. We to still this are day. actually. Yeah. Like, it still surprises me. Two, three hours a night on the phone. Literally. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's kind of, if sometimes I'm like, are we going to run out of things to talk about? I know. About? And then it just keeps, and, and even, even when, well, and we'll get into this more. When I came back, uh, the, so the second time we'd had, you know, our first time together when I was here writing the book. And then when I came back a month later, so our relationship progressed so much in like the 12 days I was here, yeah. we were like, how much further can this go in terms of depth? <laughs> are, are there more levels? Like we'd already gone so much deeper than either one of us had ever experienced or anticipated. Um, and it was, it was a little bit jarring almost. It was also like really beautiful, but it was jarring in terms of, is this burning so hot so fast that it's also going to burn out super quickly because how, how much deeper can there be? Yeah. You know, in, in many ways, I think the distance actually added yes, to the fuel in a way because yeah. we were really getting to know each other on such a deep level, you yeah. know, asking each other, I mean, playing Estelle Pereira's, Perel's game. Every yeah. Night, we're in you know, a really strangers game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. asking each other all these questions about each other and really getting to know who we each other were mm. without the physical relationship. Yes. Right? And I so preferred that. And in many ways we were building, you know, the, that anticipation. There was so much anticipation being built and it was like we had a, a month of foreplay. Literally. literally built yeah. into the relationship so that, you know, when you, when you, when you finally got here mm -hmm. that next time, I mean, you know, within an hour we're standing there crying, um, and just overwhelmed with emotion of like, wow, I am, you know, I, I remember feeling I am deeply in love with this person, mm -hmm. uh, within, you know, 24 hours of seeing you the second time that was just, um, magical. 
Um, and I always say that everything's always perfect. It's just up to me to see the perfection in it. Uh, and I never imagined that being removed from somebody would create so much perfection um, for the buildup of a relationship in order to really allow us to gain a depth of understanding for who each other was um, because that's what we had available to us. And it's funny that both of you, uh, both of us, sorry, had made it super clear to our friends. And anytime we talked about a, you know, potential like future, really significant romantic relationship, both of us had said, we are not going into this quickly. Um, it's going to be a long, slow burn. I am not interested in rushing into anything. And that was actually one of the biggest pieces of resistance that I kept bumping up against. Um, when we realized that we were in love, I was like, I, I yeah, I, I love this human more than I can possibly even fathom, but also wait, <laughs> put the brakes on because this is, this is a lot. And it felt like my nervous system literally was having to recalibrate to adjust to the safety that you brought to the relationship and continue to bring every day. And I had never experienced not even just anything like it. You, you, you are in a different stratosphere from anyone else I have ever been with. There is not even a comparison, which is beautiful, but also it was like my entire body and nervous system had to adjust all of its settings to you because it's like, oh, this is completely different from anything else we have ever experienced. <laughs> we meaning like me and my body. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, you know, I, I have to, actually say we didn't share that uh, because I was clear uh, yeah. and I was communicating to my my closest friends my men's groups I had multiple groups and um, you know both my in-person group and my my beloved community that I, I share and have been with for five years you know I was right I was all in really early on mm -hmm. um, and I was communicating to that to them um, and really early on I would say that I was like yeah this is happening um, and you were like, Whoa, I don't know. And I was like, all right, you'll find out it's happening. You know, uh, like, <laughs> and I've since learned, this is what you do. You, you are the visionary and you see the vision so clearly and you hold on to the vision and then you enroll the people that need to be included in the vision along the way. And I was still quite skeptical at first. I was like, is he for real? This is, this is a lot. I, and I had never experienced anyone who just was so certain of me that I almost had catching up to do. Mm. I, but I also needed to not just trust you on a logical level, but there were a few times where I said to you, you know, trust, trust still isn't instantaneous. It still has to be built over time. And it required more time with you and seeing how you showed up for me and with me and um, how we were able to show up for each other and navigate some conflicts and stuff that came up that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is the, the human that I want to yeah. be with. Yeah. For me, it's, it's what leadership is. Mm -hmm. You know, I see, a, I see a vision. I say, okay, that's the mountaintop we're moving towards. And I lead with my passion, with my heart, say, this is why I believe in this. This is what it means to me. This is what gets to be created from that. And then I just start sharing that vision with, with the people that have the most capacity to make it real. Um, for me, you know, that starts with the, the people I'm in community with, um, my men's group, 
uh, in particular, uh, you know, holding holding that out to them and allowing them to reflect back to me on things that I may be missing. Uh, and then, you know, showing up with that capacity for you and even knowing that you, you know, when you're like, yeah, that's not, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> all right. You know, you don't believe it yet. And I, you, there's no reason you necessarily should, Yeah. you know, just because I'm out here saying, you know, I'm, I, you know, and, and this is, I think a, a lesson to everyone, you know, there are going to be plenty of people that come along and say, you know, I believe in this and I am a stand for this, but how do they actually show up? Yeah. Right. Just because I said it doesn't mean that I expect you to believe it. It was going to be all of the actions that took place after I said those words. And how did I continue to show up? That was actually going to be the thing that had you to believe that. So the fact that you didn't believe it wasn't me going, That's oh, not phase you at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm like, well, she shouldn't believe it. You know, yeah. there's no reason she should. Um, and I'm going to continue to show up day in and day out, uh, in a way that helps her believe it, not just in her mind, but also in her nervous system. It allows her nervous system to relax into the presence of me being here and being present, uh, in a way that makes her feel safe, um, and desired. Yeah. And you absolutely do that again, like to a legendary degree. <laughs> <laughs> How, and, and I also want to talk about, you know, how each of us feel about the idea of the one, but before we get into that, how did you, how, and, and how did you come to the conclusion of, and why were you so certain? Are you so certain? I guess that I am the right one for you. God, that's a really interesting question. You know, this is, this comes back to, um, how do I know God exists? Mm. You know, uh, I think it was, um, Simon Sinek has this great talk about um, how do I know? And he talks about leadership and he talks about this idea of, you know, um, we can't define the moment that I fell in love, right? Is it, is it when she did this or when she did that? How do I know that I'm in love? Well, I never really know. I just choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's the crux of it, right? Was there enough information along the way that allowed me to choose to believe? And, you know, again, the ways, the two things that showed up for me was one, your kindness and two, your ability to work through difficult uh, moments with grace, with ease, with love and compassion. You know, those were the biggest things for me. And so I chose to believe. I didn't know. I, I don't really know. You know, we can't know love. We only make a choice. So I made the choice to believe. And from that choice, I continued to move towards that. Now, I think the, the tricky thing for people oftentimes is what happens if I find out that I no longer believe? Mm -hmm. What happens if I see evidence that makes me go, oh, I don't believe? And I think that this is, you know, I, I talk a lot about, um, you know, what I refer to as masculine and feminine integrity. This masculine integrity is I project myself out into a future. I say that I believe this and come hell or high water, I am going to make this happen. Now I guess a lot of us in trouble because we get to a point where we go, well, now the evidence shows me that I actually shouldn't go that way. I should probably go that way. Mm -hmm. And when I say, oh my gosh, I should go that way, then I go, well, I'm not, I'm not being the man that I said I was. You know, Gandhi marched thousands of people to, to the sea to, you know, to protest. He got there and he said, mm, now nah, let's turn around. Right. And having that kind of that kind of awareness and avail availability to be present 
in the moment, that's often what I refer to as feminine integrity, right? I feel what I feel and I believe what I believe in this moment. And in this moment, I'm going to honor my feeling, my emotion, my connection to this and speak from that space. And so I, I see having both of them intertwined. Now, the important piece is to be able to renegotiate, right? So if at some point, you know, we get along this relationship and we go, you know what? This is not actually working out the way that we want to. Can we renegotiate? Can we start to, to look at what would, at the end, meet all needs that are present in this relationship? If your needs aren't being met, my needs aren't being met, we're not going to stay in this relationship and that vision's never going to, to, to come to fruition. And so it's really about, okay, I have a clarity that this is where I wanna go and I'm gonna move everyone towards that. But if we ever get to the point where things start to shift in terms of what we're both individually needing, then I don't just keep holding that same vision of this is how it's going to work out. I have to be able to renegotiate and come to you and say, listen, I'm seeing that this isn't working or this isn't meeting your needs or it isn't meeting my needs. What do we want to do about that? And at first that, that felt very unsafe to me um, because as much as I put an enormous amount of practice into detaching from outcomes and I am far better at that than I ever have been, there's still of course an inherent an inherent need for certainty and certainty obviously is an illusion, but we still want that thing to hang on to. And I think that it's, it's been really interesting to explore this with you because for one thing, you and I are both very clear that we are not interested in being in a romantic relationship that becomes complacent. We have both been in those relationships before and we have, um, made agreements to continuously update our relationship agreement, like once a quarter, more so if needed, you know, maybe like once a week on some of the smaller things, maybe once a quarter on the bigger things. Mm -hmm. and, and coming from a place of both of us still holding that bigger vision and going, okay, how do we make this vision happen in a way that feels really good to each of us and what has maybe changed um, in, since the last time we spoke about this, what has shifted. And something I have learned from you is that all needs can be met. I didn't think that that was possible. And when I came back for that second visit, there was a lot going on. It just happened to coincide with you having your entire family here at the same time. And I hadn't, you know, like met really any of them yet. And all of these things came up and it was a little bit overwhelming, but also, and we worked through some things again that came up, but I also, <laughs> From the beginning of the trip, there was uh, maybe a few days in, there was some issues that came up that we'll get into in, in a future episode because it's it's like part of bigger topics that I think a lot of people benefit from hearing. Uh, we worked through it very quickly. Again, seems to be our, our standard MO. And <laughs> then by the time I left, like a week, week and a half later, um, I was sure of you. And you asked me why. And I said, because I, there is no doubt in my mind, if you were able to meet all of my needs and all of the needs of everyone in this household, the way that you did without even batting an eyelash, I, it's not to say that you're not going to have some bad days. Like we're, we're all going to have some bad days, but the fact that you were able to navigate that with such clarity and ease, I was like, God damn. Okay. Like my needs have been better met by you in this relationship, even with like a practically utter chaos surrounding us and still meeting everyone else's needs. You did not abandon anyone in the household or in your life in general, and still somehow all the needs were met. I'm like, who, what, what, what is this? Is, is this possible? And you've really opened my eyes to possibilities in general. 
in ways that I think I had stopped allowing myself to open and to dream about because I didn't think that it could happen. And you have opened my eyes to possibilities in, in a variety of different ways and in a variety of different aspects of life. You know, I'd say that honestly, it was just, it's parenting, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I, I think has prepared me for life in so many ways, as well as for this relationship has actually been being a parent um, and being able to hold a lot of different things simultaneously because it's necessary. Um, and you know, that I think kind of leads in a little bit to kind of our history um, and coming into this relationship. Uh, we both had, you know, a, a bit of a, a challenging history uh, moving into this relationship that kind of became in the forefront early on. I think a lot of your listeners will know a little bit about your history, but do you want to kind of share that and how that showed up in, in the beginning of this relationship? Yeah. So I, I was in a nine year relationship that ended at, at the end of 2018 <clears throat> when I found out, um, my partner at the time, his previous girlfriend came to knock on our door, uh, on Christmas Eve to inform me that he had been having an affair off and on with her for our entire nine years together. And then all of the lies that came out in the aftermath, including the secret house that he had had uh, for several years, 170 meters from our driveway. <laughs> and just some of the really massive life changing things that came as a, as a result of that. And, and I, I was very intentional in the aftermath of that, that I was not going to lose my ability to trust. And I, I teach people this, that, you know, take that trusting piece of your heart and protect it like your life depends on it because your quality life of life is going to be dependent on your ability to trust other humans. In fact, the length of your life is going to depend on your ability to trust other humans because people who don't trust other people don't live as long. So I was very intentional about that. I also was very intentional of trusting, like lo looking at men in particular, and being really intentional of looking at all the incredible examples of men in my life, because I was also not willing to taint an entire gender of people by painting them with the brush of someone who had hurt me. And that was a very intentional, a very, very powerful shift that came from that intention because I started having more and more compassion for men and opening up to work with men and, and being incredibly supportive of from that moment forward in a way that has only continued to deepen. And if I had not done the work that I did, I had people point out to me on, on podcast episodes and stuff at the time. They're like, you, you are doing, doing the work now for a relationship that doesn't even exist yet. And I, I, I said, yeah, I am because it's not only for the sake of like some future person, it's for my sake. I don't want to live in the headspace of distrusting people. I don't want to live in the space of my hurt and my pain and, and the suffering that I am choosing to uh, sink me when I could instead be choosing something wildly different and joyful and having compassion and living in a state of being love and being the one, being the one. And how, what is going to be more attractive to someone else? And again, I didn't do it for the sake of someone else. I did it for my sake because that's how I want to live. That's how I want to wake up in the morning. And that was 
a completely different experience than the one that I could have had. In those moments, there's usually two roads, more or less, that you can choose to go down. And we all have the choice. And it's never too late to choose a different road either. But if I had not chosen the road that I did, I would not be the human that I am today that gets to engage with you. Now, life being perfect as it is mm. means that my, my beliefs and my assumptions are going to be challenged in my greatest relationships. And those challenges uh, create the opportunities for real growth. Um, how was that challenged <laughs> in this relationship? So, and, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more when you explain your story, but you have been married twice. Um, and that immediately for me, I had never had the experience of being chosen, truly chosen by anyone. And I had made it very clear to, to the people closest to me that whatever really significant relationship I ended up in, I needed to feel fully chosen because I needed to know what that felt like. And the fact that you had two, uh, previous marriages, you have two children, um, there, there are a lot of people who are vying for your attention at any given time. And since you have children, I expect your children to rank above me <laughs> like that. I would not respect you as much if your children did not rank above me in, in terms of priority, but I'd also never been anyone's top priority. And that, that was part of what represented being chosen to me. Um, in addition, you have cultivated beautiful relationships with both of, of your, uh, former wives and you know creating these amazing co-parenting dynamics and everything else that again i have a huge amount of respect for but i questioned initially in terms of again there will be moments where they may rank above me even though you're not even with them anymore and that was one of the big conflicts and again i think we'll do an entire episode around this as well because there's so many like things that i think a lot of people um struggle with in terms of uh blending families and, and stuff and, and the dynamics that come with that but I came to you with that concern and we, we discussed it and we, we got into some things along with when you and I started dating, you had a previous girlfriend who was still sort of in the picture a little bit. Um, you were not involved physically at all or anything like that, but there was, in my opinion, uh, at the time, there was still some energetic messiness and <laughs> intertwining that was going on that I was not happy about. Because again, one of my biggest wounds is ex-girlfriends hanging around or past partners hanging around. And I'm like, you were tied to life for, for life to your two former wives via your children. And then there's a, this other former girlfriend who's like hanging around. So these are some of the wounds that were coming up. And we were very, we had very open communication about it. Um, although one, one conversation that we had when we were renegotiating the terms of our relationship after that first initial, um, period of time together, I, I needed to stand my ground for my own sake. And it was also sort of a test for you unconsciously of like, how is he going to respond to this? But I meant it. I'm like, if, if you and I were going to date, if I didn't live in Canada and if we were going to date, I was like, you would need to clean that shit up. <laughs> you need to clean that shit up because I am not making this mistake again of having an ex-girlfriend hanging around who is going to interfere in our relationship and 
uh, potentially, you know, like cheating, like I experienced before or anything like that. I was not super trusting of that. And I needed to make that really clear for you, my level of tolerance with it. And again, you just completely uh, blew me away with uh, the way that you went about explaining, communicating with me and explaining sort of how your vision was for some of these uh, situations to go in terms of family dynamics, uh, which I would love you to perhaps explain more. Um, and having the hard conversations with people who you needed to have them with uh, to bring some clarity uh, to some situations that were a little bit messy um, to allow us to progress forward. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Difficult conversations mm -hmm. uh, happens to be, I think, one of the places where I, where I do thrive. Um, you are the best communicator I have ever come across. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't make it any easier. No. Um, you know, having those difficult conversations with uh, where emotions are are tied um, and, and seeking to do it in a way with compassion um, for all parties involved. Absolutely. Um, can, very, can be very difficult at times, but I go back to that central idea of all needs get to be met. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes um, stepping away from someone is the best way for them to have their needs met. Um, sometimes um, maintaining friendships or close relationships with exes um, doesn't allow for both parties to get their, their needs met, um, provided that uh, those entanglements aren't what I call clean. Um, you know, having a clarity around that. Uh, obviously with, you know, with ex-partners whom you have children with, um, there's a lot of uh, difference that's involved in maintaining the, the and keeping those relationships clean. Uh, but uh, I would say, you know, from my standpoint, that's been relatively easy uh, given the circumstances. And go back into the circumstances, um, I was... Um, you know, I, as you mentioned, I'd been married twice. Um, my first marriage um, was, I was, I was 30 years old. Um, I was, we were both in graduate school. And, um, you know, I, I do believe that that marriage was very much about the child that we had. Mm. Um, we got married, you know, kind of literally seven days before he was born. Uh, so I think that the, it really was clear that we were getting married um, for, for that child. Um, and that teenager who now lives with me full time, uh, is one of the greatest gifts and teachers that I've ever had in my life, and I'm so deeply grateful. Um, that was also one of the, it, it, clearly, I think, the most um, difficult, I, would, I, I don't like to use the word toxic, but if I could say a relationship was toxic in terms of how we related with each other, uh, that was probably the, the most challenging relationship I'd ever been in. Uh, and it taught me a lot. Um, it grew me uh, really into the capacity to be fully available in relationship. You know, I taught nonviolent communication for, uh, for quite some time before I got into that. And I realized that teaching it did not make me good at it. Mm. Uh, and so I really had to go deeper into uh, exploring myself, uh, that teaching was not making me who I wanted to be. Uh, and so I learned a lot. Uh, and in healing that relationship, uh, to, you know, now I, I refer to her as my, my big sister, um, though she's a little bit younger than me, but she has that big sister vibe, uh, you know, and, you know, I get to go and spend time with her and her, her husband and her, her kids as well. And, um, and bring my other son, uh, and, 
you know, it's, it's like going to visit my sister and, you know, all of our kids get together and play and I have a great relationship with her husband. And, um, I'm really, really proud of, uh, the space that the time that it's taken to create that. Um, but where we are today is something that, that I'm really happy with. Um, now I moved from there into, uh, my second marriage, which for me, I believe it was my forever relationship. Um, and was really, I believe I had the skills for the first time to really sustain a relationship. And I was really into that, in that, um, for the relationship and the growth that, that got to happen there. And we did end up having a, a child as well. Uh, but then in, um, it's about six or seven years into that relationship. Um, she came to me one day and said, is there space in our, in our marriage for me to explore my sexuality? outside of our marriage. Um, and you know, my immediate response was theoretic, theoretically, yes. Um, but in practice, um, I don't believe that you're really present in this marriage right now in this relationship in order to move into that space, which is, you know, beyond the agreement that we made, I would like for us to shore up this relationship. Um, and at the time she agreed, but, uh, you know, it ended up moving in a very different direction where she continued and began and continued to have a relationship uh, with someone while we were trying to work out um, that, that marriage. And that really hurt. Um, and it was very, very difficult uh, time that I went through, uh, a lot of pain, and but a lot of growth in the process. You know, I think a lot of people can look at this and say, you know, what did this person do to me? And instead, I used it as an opportunity to look and say, how did I co-create this reality? What are the ways in which I had been showing up? And, you know, one of the things that became really clear for me was my fear of abandonment uh, and how I had become a caretaker in life, really learned, really, and I, I distinguish between a caregiver and a caretaker, right? A caretaker is someone who gives for the express purpose of establishing a need within that relationship so that they cannot be left. Mm -hmm. You need me so you can't leave me. And that's what a caretaker I'm taking in that relationship, even though I'm taking care of you, I'm actually taking from you because I bound you to be within need of me. And I've been doing that for a very long time and not really understanding that and really getting to the heart of my fear of abandonment and my history of that in, in previous relationships, as well as, you know, um, how I had subconsciously related that to my relationship with parents. Uh, and from that space got to really grow uh, into an, a deeper understanding of what relationship gets to be. Um, and had a lot of healing. Unfortunately, she uh, decided that she had clarity that, um, you know, her sexual orientation had changed. Um, and that hurt. It was a very difficult time to go through. Uh, and so moving out of those two dynamics, um, you know, I, I really, what had been destroyed for me was one, the happily ever after myth, the idea that I was going to be with somebody. Um, for a long-term period, but slowly I began to believe again uh, and believe that that was possible. Uh, and it took me about two years to really start dating um, in earnest again. And once I did, I started thinking, well, uh, I mean, I believe in it, but I think it's a bit further off than I'm actually seeing. Um, I'm gonna focus on me right now and really 
creating the things that have been limiting, moving beyond what I believe to be limiting beliefs uh, around what I can do with as a parent, what I can do in my career at this stage of my life, and really focus on growing myself. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to be celibate uh, during this period of time. So I'm, I'm interested in engaging and, and having relationships that feel good for both parties. But I'm going to explore what that, that means. Um, and uh, really, the gift of that was learning to put myself first mm -hmm. and say, I am not going to let go of me in the process of having a relationship. And so when you came along and were came from not only a space of I want you to be who you are but I really want to support you being the best version of who you are and again it was you know lots of people will say that but you continued to show up and show me that time and time again uh, even to you know this list last week when I had to go out of town and you're like no problem I'll come in town a day early and you know and, and make sure your son can get to school I, I nearly came to tears you know, because I really hadn't experienced that level of someone getting a little teared up, um, giving without me even having to ask, you know, outside of my mother, I don't think I've ever really experienced that from a partner before. Uh, and that was really, really meaningful and continues to, to drive this relationship forward with, with even deeper belief than that vision that I held early on about that mountaintop that we're going to. I think that mountaintop is even higher than I imagined. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think it's really, um, I think that the way that we have continued to show up for each other, the, the trust has just continued to deepen. And it's interesting, actually, I forgot to mention the fact that in terms of feeling chosen, and this was your idea. You, I did not, I did not ask you for this. This was nothing that I suggested. Every single day, you wake up and you tell me that you choose me. Mm -hmm. And even if we're having a conflict, we make sure to remind the other one before we're even getting into it. Sometimes even in the middle of it, we're like, I still choose you. Mm -hmm. I choose you. And I might also be really mad at you right now. <laughs> I still choose you and like I'm in this and we are committed to to working through this and the other thing and again we'll we'll get into this because this is more of a, a bigger part of a bigger conversation around like the co-parenting dynamics and everything else but I am also I very quickly um, not only recognized and appreciated so deeply how you being a parent has made you a better human that I get to benefit from. Like I get to benefit from all these skills that you've picked up that you would not have had if had you not been a parent. And I also just adore both of your kids anyway. Um, <laughs> but also being deeply protective of your the relationships that you've worked so hard to cultivate with your former wives. I'm very protective of those relationships because I know how much it has cost you to create them. And not to mention for the sake of, of the kids, obviously that's like its own, its own entity, but your relationship with them, you have poured so much into making that happen. And it is such a rare thing to see those relationships come together in such beautiful ways after so much, um, you know, division and, and pain on both sides and, and everything else from a variety of different factors. That's a really powerful thing that very few people 
in this day and age get to experience. You know, and that's another place where it's like, a lot of people say that mm-hmm. you know, when the rubber hits the road, you know, it's, uh, there's a whole lot of reasons to back away from that. Uh, you know, and there's, there's been a little bumps in the road mm-hmm. along the way that we've worked out and ironed through, but even, you know, this last weekend when I was out of town, um, and you know, you were, uh, taking my seven year old to school in the morning and you asked me, you said, well, you know, how's, how's his mom feeling about this? And well, she's, you know, she, she fears for his life every single day and it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you took it upon yourself to just reach out to her and allow her to feel okay and to check in with her about what the situation was. And that's really, that's the proof in the pudding. That's the, the thing that's like, people will say it, but then it's the way that we show up in relationship, not just to each other, but to the people surrounding us that really help to solidify my belief in that, you know, continually every day. And now I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we ever did share what, so I know that you, your word initially for the beginning part of the year was going public. Um, and then before you and I connected, but you told me this on our first date, what, what had you changed your word to? Yeah. Well, you know, I just or come, added to, I yeah, <laughs> I just come back from a really powerful workshop. Um, and our word or words for that workshop I had adopted, which was fierce love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really held true for that, that time, um, of in the workshop of how to show up, um, lovingly, but, and without compromise, to be a powerful reflection to the people that we're standing in front of so that they can get the very most out of this experience. And I decided to bring that into this relationship as well. You know, how can I really be not just deeply compassionate, but also be willing to unreservedly hold up that mirror um, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not back away um, in these moments um, for for both of our growth um, to be to be who we say we want to be. What is the thing that you have said to me about how you are in relationship? Confrontational, <laughs> and, and that you feel you've had the experience yeah. of being very difficult to be in relationship with. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I have. Um, I both teach a lot about communication and have uh, a a very broad history uh, and experience in ways of communicating that I find to be more effective than others. Um, And, you know, the rules don't always make it effective. Um, But I will say that I don't generally, I don't run from a fight. Um, I don't back down from a disagreement. Uh, I generally move head first into anything that appears to be a, uh, a challenge or, uh, an oncoming issue. Uh, yes, I, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I see a challenge. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> what else do we have time for? Um, because also this is where we're going to find out who we really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that doesn't really work for a lot of people. Um, because it's easy to see that, that confrontation or that, that leaning into any potential confrontation 
as I see you as wrong. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm trying to fix you. You're broken. There's something that's wrong with you. Um, and that's not my, my, that's not my fundamental belief at all. Um, and I know that we've even had challenges of like, oh, well, why am I always the one that's wrong? I'm like, that, that's not, that's not what, what this is about. It's not about being right or wrong. It really is uh, about leaning into uh, the discovery that's on the other side of the conflict. And, and it's not, it's really what need isn't being met. Like something clearly isn't being met. We can talk around it all we want, but like what at the core is not being met for each other? And let's figure out a way to make sure that that's being met. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to have these conflicts over and over. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here for that. Nope, neither. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for recycling the same conflicts yeah. over and over. Um, you know, there's a spiraling. We're going to come back to them in certain ways, but we're, you know, we're getting closer and closer and closer into, you know, the heart of the matter. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I find that, you know, my desire to dive into what's really here alive, uh, not many people have experienced that um, from the place of uh, this really desire to get to the heart. Uh, oftentimes I've been referred to as a know-it-all, um, you know, people really, not by me. I need to be clear why, but <laughs> by the world at large, by some of my dearest and greatest friends. Uh, and, and I do have a desire to, to gather as much information. I, I love, I have, I have come at this life and this world to gather as many pieces and different views on the world and try to shape them into one unified idea or version of the world that serves humanity. That is hugely why I'm here. But it's not to prove to you that you're wrong. It's not to prove to you that I'm better than you. It's just that I am interested in all of these things so that they can somehow help us come together in a really interesting and unified way. And in relationship, it's not always seen that way. Um, mm -hmm. Often it, relationship for, for many people is a, is a, it's a, it's a balancing scale. You're getting a little bit more here. I'm getting, you know, like, how are we tipping the scales? Uh, and for me, we're both sitting on the same scale. You know, it's not, it's not yours and mine, it's ours. Um, and how are we collectively holding the balance of us and all of the world uh, together? And it's interesting because of those qualities that, that you have had the experience of, of before being difficult to be in relationship with, I actually find that ultimately they bring ease. They don't always bring ease in the direct moment. <laughs> But they, they end up actually bringing a lot of ease because there's no, there's nothing being held on to as that can grow as resentment. There are so many growth opportunities that I, I wanted a very growth oriented relationship and damn, do I have it? Like <laughs> there's, there's so much beauty that can come from that, but you have to be willing, and, and I, I don't mean you, I mean like any anyone who is coming at uh, a relationship 
platonic or romantic where it's it's going to hold up a reflection for you to see parts of yourself that you maybe don't want to see and make you very uncomfortable and i've had to get a lot better at navigating that i already thought i was pretty good at it but it, this is this has created new levels and simultaneously i told you like a, maybe a month and a half in that you you felt like and continue to feel like an extension of the inner peace that I have worked so hard to create. And I was so crystal clear on the fact that I would not get into a serious relationship with someone until they felt like they added to my peace, not detracted from it. Mm -hmm. And you are the only person I have ever um, been in a relationship with where it feels like that to such a degree that I didn't actually think that it was possible. Thank you. Mm. It's such an honor. It really is. Likewise. Um, you know, it's an honor to to get to be in this space, to get mm. to be in this relationship, to get to love you um, and be loved by you. Uh, and I'm really, really grateful for for not just all of the things that you give, but also all the things that I learned through the continued conflicts mm. that, that allow us to grow, <laughs> you know. That's the thing. I don't want anyone to get the impression that this is like some perfect whatever. Like we, we are choosing every single day. We choose each other and we choose to co-create this relationship because we see and feel what we want um, this to grow into and what, what we can see this unfolding. Into. Yeah. In some ways I would say the, the, extent to our the ability for our this relationship to have grown so fast is also the ability for us to have moved through so much conflict yeah you know that that you know the beauty is is not it's not it doesn't come easy for anyone yeah uh but it can come with more ease mm -hmm. and i think that's been the key for us is recognizing that while it, it doesn't get to be easy it can be with ease if we allow that moment to be to be such. And that's the thing is that like, despite the fact that there, I have experienced more conflict with you, I've also been in relationships where there was basically no conflict mm -hmm. and that led to its ultimate demise very quickly, a lot of times. And despite having conflicts, again, you and I also move through the conflicts with relative ease, even though there can be, you know, like a few like, in, like intense moments mm -hmm. and big feelings come up, we still move through those with ease. And I predicted <laughs> relatively early on because you and I basically kept having like matching wounds come up against each other. And that was the source of the conflict. And we both actually were feeling like the exact same way. And for the exact same reasons, they were just presenting slightly differently. And once we would get to that, we're like, oh, we're like, right we were like twins here pretty much <laughs> and it made it very simple to just move through it super easily but we um i had also predicted early on that i was like i feel like we're gonna have a little like a little bit more conflict up front mm -hmm. like almost like front loaded mm -hmm. that is helping us to trust each other because we are both very clear on the fact that we are not willing to self-abandon mm -hmm. anymore like we have in past relationships and taking responsibility and ownership for that. Um, and then, and that is kind of how it has turned out. Like we have had fewer conflicts and there will always be conflict and with good reason. Like there, there kind of needs to be in a lot of ways and the beauty is in the repair. But um, a month or two ago, we had worked through something. It was something minor, but I said to you, um, what do you need from me? Do you remember what you said? 
I don't. Can you remind <laughs> me? <laughs> what did I say? Trust. Uh, yeah. You said you needed trust. And I said to you, okay. And I have done entire podcast episodes on the fact that trust is a choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Rachel Botsman um, said, trust is a confident relationship with the unknown. Mm. And I, when you asked for trust, I thought about it for a moment. I said, okay. And I said, I'm making a commitment to you that I'm going to actively and very intentionally come to this relationship with more trust for you. And I'm not always going to get it right. I'm still going to fuck it up sometimes, but I'm going to be very intentional and active in that choice. And as soon as I said that, I got some sort of download where it was like, this relationship just shifted to a different level. And it did. And you and I noticed afterwards that we, you know, weeks later, we were like, wow, something really did seem to shift in that moment because things have been even more easeful since then, mm-hmm. which yeah. has been really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Rebuilding the trust. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to a certain degree, there are all of these things that I can do to, to create trust, to show you that you can trust me. But at some point in time, just like love, mm-hmm. it has to be a belief. Yes. You know, I have to be willing to just take that leap of faith into the unknown and say, I am going to trust this person until at least they give me a reason not to trust them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because ultimately, there's nothing, there's no amount of information that will make that true. Um, And I really feel that, you know, I really feel that that sense of trust within you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had this a similar moment um, around... You know, and we'll talk about this again another time around, um, you know, the children. Um, and when you would come to me and said something along the lines of, I, I, I don't believe that I'll ever be chosen uh, in this relationship or that I will be, you know, second fiddle or third fiddle or whatever it may be. Um, I remember saying to you something along the lines of, you know, Every time I come into a relationship now, I feel like I'm being presented as someone who's broken because I have children. That somehow I am that much more difficult to be in relationship with because I have children, because I have ex-wives, because of all of these things. And I am not willing to bend over backwards and appease the gods of all of my past history in order to make up for my past in order to be in this relationship. And I think within, I think we went to sleep that night, the next morning you woke up and said, okay. And like from that moment on, it has been rock solid. I've never felt like I had to, to, to make up for my past life or, or my history that no longer became a thing. And that was really the core piece of what allowed me to trust you was you being able to make a shift to say that I'm going to be this, I'm going to honor your truth and honor mine simultaneously and then show up in that way. And that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I can trust mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely part of a bigger episode, but I just feel that your children bring so much to our and my, like our life and my life, like your teenager in particular, he and I are BFFs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> in fact, I think you you and your and your mom have even said that he he hangs out more with them. Yeah. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a really close relationship with my teenager. And I, I, we are we're we're tight, you know. You we guys are, really, are you're really tight with tight. both of your sons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but somehow he shows up more often when you're here than, than they're not. So that is also a, a huge a huge gift in my life. Um, and uh so much more that we could talk so about. So much more. Here. We'll do more episodes. You're yeah. you're gonna be a recurring recurring ongoing guest. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm an ongoing guest. Period. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we will continue to do this both ways in many many aspects of life. Yes, we have many plans that are going to be coming down the line where people may be able to connect with us more professionally, like with both of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Look out. You're coming. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming for you. I don't know what that means, but it's going to happen. <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you bring into my life and for doing this episode with me. Mm, thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for all of the challenges that you've had to face that have, bring, have brought you to this moment mm. where I get to profit, to receive, to be in relationship with the person who has been hewn from all of these obstacles into the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing human being that is able to give with heart, compassion, to show up in relationship and have great communication and build the life that I've always wanted to have. You're making me look bad, Gardner. I'm just like wrapping up this episode and you're just like <laughs> the most beautiful sentence oh my goodness thank that's how you I roll. that's how, how you I roll. roll that's how you roll i i there was a moment actually right over here in the kitchen where i said to you um very early on like thank you for enduring everything that you have to become the person that you are that i get to be with because you wouldn't be who you are without having gone through all of it i'm never going to take it for granted thank you i love you i love you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where do I even start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships? I've got a free 15 page guide for you called Where Do We Begin? This is the very foundation that you need to start building healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as life-changing. <laughs> you can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more episodes weekly.